I've been the Gamblers Anonymous a few times. I think like three times I've been the Gamblers Anonymous. I don't really like it because they say that to be a member, the first thing you have to do is have a desire to quit gambling. And I don't want to quit gambling. I, I just want to stop losing. Shh. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave? Or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Billy. Now, Billy, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? Uh, I have a gambling problem. Ooh. Okay. Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was interesting when we were talking about doing this. It was like, well, what secrets do I have? Because like, I'm I'm also a podcaster. I I do a show called The Man Whore Podcast. So it's like, I live my life very publicly on the internet especially yeah. like my sex and dating life. So it's all out there. And I was like, God, God, what, what don't I really talk about? And, uh, you know, when you ask people to support your artistic career with things like Patreon and, and other ventures, you, <laughs> you feel self-conscious about being like, I'm going to try really hard not to gamble with this money, but like, I also might, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my God. I never thought about it in that element. Wow. So first let's stop. When did you become a gambling addict? When did you start gambling? Was it really, really young? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think my introduction was probably somewhere around like, let's just say 10, 11, maybe like 11 Mm -hmm. uh, with scratch off tickets. Mm. I used to go down the street to, uh, to the pizza shop, like a half mile from my house after school every day. But I have a sports practice. I would go down there, have a few slices, read the paper like an old man, total old uh, man. <laughs> talk to the adults, which now, by the way, when I go there, I'm seeing the adults I would talk to at 11, 20 years. And I'm like, oh my God, you were like, you were like in your twenties or thirties. And I thought you were so old, but I would go down there and, and <laughs> chat because I didn't have a lot of friends. I got bullied a mm-hmm. lot. So this pizza shop was like a refuge for me. Yeah. And the dudes behind the counter would play scratch offs. And the only time I got to play scratch, I was like Christmas when like everyone gets one in the stocking. But ah, it was great. Yeah, when you won, you lost. And if you win, you can just trade it in for more tickets to then eventually lose because a gambler doesn't want to win. A gambler just wants to gamble. And eventually we lose. That's when we know to stop gambling uh, that or like, you know, when the place is closing down. Uh, so so it was I would give my money to like there was a like a quick stop thing next to the pizza shop. Mm-hmm. So I would give the pizza guy my little list. And like my little $10 allowance money. And because they also play the scratch offs, like everyone's a junkie. And so they go next door for me and they mm-hmm. get my tickets. And then I would like harass them and hound them to like go next door. I wasn't very like cognizant of like 
context of things. So, you know, I'd be, it's, it's dinner rush and I'm bugging them. I mean, I wasn't really manipulating. It's like, Hey, Robbie, you go next door to get tickets. Can you give, get me my tickets or can you cash in my tickets? Uh, so that's like, like where it started. Wow. And then, uh, like middle school age, online poker, like underground online poker was starting to happen. And there was this like weird gimmick where like somebody's parent would like, let's say, let them put $200 in their like all-star pokers account. I don't even remember what the site was at the time. Yeah. And then like they would just barter and trade the credit because you could transfer credits to accounts. So someone's like, oh, can I give you $20 to transfer me like 10 into my account? Because like my parents won't let me, you know, gamble with their money. Yeah. And so there was that whole racket going on. And so I was, then I was starting to play some online poker and then it would progress till I got to boarding school and they're like, you weren't allowed to gamble. So I was like, okay, I don't, I was a rule follower. I was a total square. So I was like, why I don't break the rules. Cause I don't want to get in trouble. Cause at my school, if you got in trouble, you had to do like a five 30 AM workout. And I hate waking up early. I don't <laughs> mind to work out. If the workout was like a six 30 PM workout, I'll, You're all for I'll roll it. the dice. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm not waking up at 5.30 and going to the gym. No, thank you. So, uh, but there was a loophole. Uh-huh. The loophole was you could gamble for food. So like you could what? gamble pizza. Oh yeah, in boarding school, pizza is currency. What? It sounds oh, like a 100%. prison. <laughs> is this like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I went to like an alternative kid boarding school. Uh, I don't know if you heard the term trouble teen industry. Yes. So like my school was like on the very, very light end of that spectrum. So like we sometimes get kids from these like wild schools you hear stories about in the news. Yeah. Like if they behaved well enough, sometimes they get to come to our school. So I went, it wasn't prison, but you know, it was strict. And, okay. and so, you know, you'd have like a N64 or a PlayStation. So I, I would like play like NFL blitz or something, or we play poker, but like for pizzas, a lot of us were putting the pizzas on like mom or dad's credit card. So like, I, Oh boy, I don't know if I've <laughs> ever said this. I ran up a bill on my mom's credit card at someplace special, which was like the local pizza shop. And yeah, like I would run up a bill. Cause like a kid took me for 10 pizzas. And then my mom's like, why, why did I get charged for like $130 from someplace special? It's like, cause you know what? Like I really need to practice harder at this video game. I really need to like, you know, I need to do the work if I'm going to gamble it. Wow. What age was that? That's all the high school. Wow. Yeah. You started. So here's what I just want to stop and ask you. What would happen if you you're talking about it now? Is anything happening in your body? Because there was a little jolt I felt from you telling the story about it. Well, as I told you, you know, before we started, I don't like I live my life very publicly. I don't uh-huh. have a lot of secrets. I got a couple secrets because I think it's healthy to have a few. You know, it's like I got to have a couple. <laughs> uh, I need something for my first book. Right. You know, there needs yeah. to be something that uh, a headline will be like uh, Billy Presida admits to blank in his first you know, debut novel, which is on the bestseller list. No big deal. Like that's always, right. I always. Gotta, <laughs> gotta save a couple things for like the first man whore book. But I was like, what do I not get to talk? So I just don't get to talk about this. Everyone's <sighs> interviewing me about like sex stuff, which is fine and great. I get that's my lane. But you would think lane, that's but- what I wanted to interview you about because I am a sex and love addict. So I'm like, let's talk about the gambling. <laughs> I mean, like we would, I mean, I imagine I would come on and, and, and share that, except like all my sex life is public. There's, there's no yeah. secret there. So, but this is something like, I don't even really think about, I haven't thought about Adam Mizrak beating me for 10 pizzas and NFL blitz since I don't know when, like, I haven't even thought about this. Um, mm. you know, he would use Peyton Hillis as his running back a lot. Literally haven't thought about it. that was sophomore year. Wow. Where was I? I was on like, probably like three East. 
the wing I was on. Yeah, that's crazy. So I just haven't thought about this and I don't get to talk about it very yeah. often. <laughs> well, this is the perfect place. So then yeah. when, when was the next thing you gambled and it just amplified? Uh, you know, so then also like when you, when I would go home on breaks, like you mm -hmm. could gamble. So like I would play some online poker, the, the scratch, the scratch off racket. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, when I got to college, uh, I remember sophomore year of college, I, I went to like my five-year high school reunion. I went to some sort of, I went back to my boarding school and mm -hmm. all the kids who went up, all the other alum, like we were hanging out, we were drinking some beer. Ah, you know, we were, they can't give us five thirties now, whatever. And then someone's like, oh, let's go to Mohegan Sun. <gasps> now we're all, we're all underage. Yeah. Um, like I'm 19. By the way, I like gambling at the Native American casinos more than like Atlantic city. Cause like when I lose at Mohegan sun, I feel like I'm doing good. You know, like there's some kids who know like calculus now, cause I paid for those books. So it's like, this is, this is better. That's uh, your, your do good service going to lose yeah. at the Mohegan sun casino. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this, your this, community this, like, this, service. this is good karma. When I lose here, if I lose in Atlantic city, it's just going to some like, I don't know, somebody's bank account. Uh, you know, so anyways, I, they like, let's go to Mohegan Sun. I'd never, I had a fake ID, but like, I'd never been to a casino because I was mm -hmm. underage and we got in. Like, I didn't realize at least that it, um, in Connecticut, there's not like someone at the door, even in Jersey, I'm pretty sure there's not like someone at the door. Yeah, I go in other States sometimes though, like you walk and like right there, it's like, what's your ID? But here is more like you walk around and somebody might card you. And yeah. most likely you were going to get carded if you asked for drinks. So we just didn't ask for booze. No mm -hmm. problem. <clears throat> and I got to go ahead and lose my hundred dollars at blackjack, like fine. But then that let me know, Oh, I can get into a casino underage. Yeah. And so then I would start to go now in college. I don't got a lot of money. So I'm like driving up, three hours the Mohegan sun from New York, uh, to like gamble with, I don't know, a hundred to $200, which when you're bad at blackjack does not last very long. It was no. sad. I thought you were like maybe doing the nickel slots. Like I would take it to the nickel slots and like, oh, it would take I, a long time. No, 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 I'm not. No, the pen, the slots nonsense. <laughs> like the old lady play. slots. That's what I would do. The slots are for bachelorette parties and guys who don't know what they're doing. Okay. That's <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm taking this seriously. And Got so I, I would start going up there and, you know, I'm going up a, a little bit at a time, junior year, mm -hmm. I discovered underground poker scene in New York city. Right. And after a couple of times playing, I very quickly was introduced to like dealing a uh, guy was my, my boss was named Scotty cards because of course it was, of I course. didn't know his last name He's Scotty cards. He was in my phone, the Scotty cards. That's how he introduced himself to like people on the street. Mm -hmm. And so Scotty Cards taught me how to deal. And he was like, do you think you could get other college kids to come play at our game? I was like, yeah. So I would get kids to come in. I got to learn how to deal and I got to make money. When you're dealing, can't really lose. Uh, so I would start dealing. But then what happens is I take the money I make from dealing and then I would play on other nights or I'd go up to the casino and then I just lose there. And so, so we just like keep moving the money around. Yeah. But now I'm in the underground poker scene. I'm going to poker clubs around. It's like that movie Rounders. It's a yes. bit like that. I'm running around the city playing with like old men uh, when, I, when I'm not dealing cards. And, and all this money is really just funneling back into the, the gambling. Mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> I started webcamming uh, junior year of college. I, I webcammed for a couple of years. Did all right. I was like making 100 to 500 bucks a week, very casually, just sitting Wait, in there doing my homework. what's webcamming? What do you mean? 
You know what webcamming is. I know, but I want you to answer. (laughs) Oh, webcamming, people don't know or pretending they don't know is that like, yeah, I'd sit in a chat room and uh, when like dudes or uh, dudes pretending to be women wanted to watch me take my clothes off or touch myself or do some like kind of odd. Well, like one time a guy was just like, I just want you to sit around, fart, pick your nose, be a gross dude. And I... (laughs) which is weird. Cause like, I know all the lyrics to rent and I'm like, I don't think I'm like a, the dude you For think this. Yeah. I am. But, uh, but yeah, so I, you know, I make money per minute, like $3 a minute Got talking it. to people. And, and if they want me to take my clothes off or jerk off, I could do that. Can I swear on this? I didn't yes. ask how yes. explicit this show is. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Fuck. And so then now this is money that goes back into the gambling. I did a lot. I hustled hard in college. I estimate that I probably made about six figures in my mm. four years in college on the side uh, between the poker dealing and the webcaming. Uh, I did like textbook buybacks. And I also like I, I fucking sold fake IDs, which, by the way, I had to research statute of limitations this morning just to make sure I could talk about this comfortably on a recorded show. Uh, but I used to deal fake IDs all you four did. years of college. Yeah. How, yeah. So you would make them or you found somebody to make them? No, no, no. I just I, I knew a guy. I'm very uh-huh. North Jersey Italian like that. Yeah. I don't do anything. I just I know a guy. You know a guy who knows a guy and then they like help. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I grew up on my dad operates on the guy system. Like uh, my, my dad's got a guy for everything. He's like, oh, Billy, you need new tires? Oh, you got to go use my tire guy. Gary, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to Hackensack. You're going to go to the corner of second and south fourth. You're going to go to Gary's used tire shop and grill. Okay, you're going <laughs> you're to go to the cash and, gr- and grill. Naturally, of course, it's only because that, that's where the guy is going to operate. Some <laughs> sketchy, weird business. Yeah, you know, one time we fucking were going to the Jets game when I was a kid and we like stopped at this like shut down gas station and mm-hmm. there's legit a white van in there. And the in the back of the white van is a bunch of like knockoff like Jets and Giants merch. My dad makes very good money. My dad's one of those top percent people. He's yeah. fine. But we're but like I think there's like, he grew up a bit on the poorer side. So I think that's still in him. So he's like. Oh, I know I could take you to Sport Authority and buy you a proper Jets hoodie. But, but he uh, wants no, a discount. More- he wants it under, under like in the dirty cellar basement yeah. stuff. Makes him feel like a kid again. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to do this. No, I've been doing this for decades. Or no, we go to the gas station to the guy in the van. So like, yeah, I had a guy who, mm-hmm. who made IDs. And mm-hmm. at first it was like, oh, can I get mine? Great. But then what would happen is like, oh, some of my friends wanted one. So I would say, yeah. hey, I got a few friends who need one. He's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, um, and then he's like, hey, if you can get this many people, I'll give you this discount on them. I'm like, okay. So I was like, okay, let me get them five at a time. I get to keep the difference. That's fun. And then he was, but I kept coming back to him. So he's like, look, I'll give you this deal. So like you can, you can make more money if you want, if you want to keep bringing me big orders. So then I start bringing them bigger orders, like 10 at a time, 15 at a time. Yeah. And, uh, and over the years he would upgrade his equipment. So it started with these like, horrendously bad New York fake IDs. Like, like I feel almost guilty selling, selling them, them. <laughs> New York fake IDs. But by the time I graduated, he'd upgraded to like California and Texas, which at the time was like creme. That was like the Rolls Royce of a fake ID was like the California fake. So we could charge more, but then he was giving me these stupid low rates. So he would charge me like 40 bucks per ID. When mm-hmm. if, if you went directly to him, he'd charge you like, over a hundred dollars. So yeah. he charged me like 40. I would charge like 200 
or 160. And so then you're making good like, money. I made, I estimate, like I said, that was probably the, that was my biggest money maker was the fake, is the, the brokering fake IDs. Mm. And I would tell friends, I'd be like, Hey, get me 10 friends. I'll give you yours free. So now they're bringing me a cluster and I'm getting all this on the top by senior year. What was happening was kids would go home. They'd use their fake ID. Their friends from the other schools, wherever they lived would be like, Oh, yours is great. And they put me in touch. So then by senior year, I'm mailing like 10 to 20 IDs at a time to like the university of Oregon or like, I don't know, something text, right. <laughs> so I'm mailing shit across very illegal. Uh, totally, very bad. Again. But so entrepreneurial. I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of proud of you in a very disturbing way. I don't know why I'm like, good <laughs> for you. Good money-making scheme. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's I, the I, addict in me. I'm like, yeah, that's a good <laughs> tactic. <laughs> yeah. I was always a hustler. Like even yeah. if I did textbook buybacks, like uh, during final season, I was fucking carrying around a big suitcase going door to door at every door. I mean, I'm knocking on every door saying, I want to buy your textbooks. Like I liked making money. I like being good at that. Yeah. But it all was really to feed gambling. Like my, the my addiction. like the book. Yeah. The gambling book is going to would be titled something like how I made six figures in college and how I lost it all. Because when I graduated, I didn't like have this money. Like yeah. it just, it was at a variety of poker clubs and casinos, you know? And yeah. so, so that's college is where it really started to soar. Uh, you know, when I graduated, then I just like had more freedom. Now I'm like, I can freely drive and go up or take the bus to Mohegan or, or Atlantic city or whatever. So now I have more time to do things. So I was just pursuing comedy full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some money. I had a little nest egg thing that I could live off, off for about a year, but I'm pretty much just like, I'm dealing poker. Mm-hmm. and uh and and um gambling and, doing and it's comedy. almost like you that were enjoying the... being in the cd underworld with it there is a sense of community to that uh yeah. so i i play backgammon like mm-hmm. if people don't know what backgammon is ask your grandparents or if they're dead is. call a <laughs> yeah. seance ask them then because it's either you're a junkie like me or you're over 60 like no yeah. one plays backgammon nobody <laughs> during covid i tried to yeah, nobody. It's like you'd say back and they're like, what? Uh, but if you ask someone's like Jewish grandfather, you say Cheshbesh and be like, oh, yes, I know this game. So uh, I started playing. I learned how I, I always got to play backgammon. I would play with my the the pizza boss from back in the day. He mm-hmm. taught me like the basics, but I wasn't very good. Now I'm I fucking slam him. I'm real. I'm much better at him now. But then I, I saw someone in uh, Washington Square Park with a backgammon board. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'd love to play backgammon. They hang out with the chess people. It's kind of all that little crew. Yeah. And I started playing back and, but they, they play for money because they're like, well, I can't waste my time doing this. So I am learning how to gamble with backgammon now, by the way, I've already stopped the fake. You've ID already tainted another game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, I you can't money just play like for fun. Games. You can't just play for fun. <laughs> I would have, but these guys, these grown men wouldn't because those guys in the park, they're, they're working. Those are hustlers, the mm-hmm. chess guys the, and the backgammon people in Washington Square Park, Union Square, they're hustling. Like that's kind of their work job. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they do lessons as like a guarantee, but otherwise they gamble chess, they gamble backgammon. Mm-hmm. And so now I've got a new game I can play with and lose my money on. And uh, in 2000. 13, I, in the summer of 2013, I had a really bad session. And I pretty much like lost the last of my money. Uh-huh. I, I, I was trying to find a job. I was having trouble finding like a, a regular day job or whatever. I was mm-hmm. still dealing poker, but the, I, I kind of wanted to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and I had a big, bad loss. 
to the point that I was like, I got to owe this guy money. And then I had to move out of my apartment and move back home. How much did you owe? Okay. It wasn't a lot of money, but it, I was just like kind of running on fumes in the first place. So it was you like, I lost that like, next month's rent. Yeah. I was bonding out. I was, I was like, Hey, I can give you 300 now, but I'm going to owe you like another seven or whatever mm-hmm. the number was, uh, because like, I don't have it. And like one day I'll have it, I'll give it to you. But like, I then had to tell my roommates like, Hey, I got to move out next month. And I moved back home for like nine or 10 months, something wow. like that. Yeah. Uh, while I was like, okay, I got to chill the fuck out. The gambling kind of went on pause. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started looking for like an actual job. Uh, and then when I did get an office job, I worked my way back to, to the city, paid that guy back. Um, and then, yeah, but like, but the itch is still there. It and is. then around that time, online poker got legalized in New Jersey. So now mm-hmm. I've got another place. Like you see the patterns, like I am, I am presented with new fun. These are fun games. It's like, oh my God, it's fun. Here's a new way to have risk and to feel yeah, and alive and, feel that and get the jolt and the high and it's all mm-hmm. colors. They made it all colorful now on, on, yeah. Online, yeah, yeah. Oh, but quickly back with the backhand because you mentioned the idea, the CD underground mm-hmm. thing. It's like there, and even with the poker, there was there is community. So, like right now, like if you go to Union Square right now in New York City and you go to the chess guys, like most of them know me and I know them because I've been game, I've been playing with them and hanging out with them for like a decade. Like I go at this point, like some of them I'm sincerely friendly with, right? We bust each other's balls. I go by, I, I say, Hey, what's up? Sometimes I go by and there's a hangout for 10 minutes. I'm not even playing. I'm just like watching a game or, or catching up or something. Uh, because I talk about sex for a living They're uh, like, I have an only fan. So they're like, Billy, man, what you doing on your only fans, man? What you doing there? Who'd you have say, who'd you bang, man? Uh, I, like Don't I, worry, I came back we'll from, link like, his OnlyFans if people want to join. You can join. We'll <laughs> link it in the description. Yeah, but but like they 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 all know each other. I mean, one guy came over to play like a couple weeks ago. He left his dice, so like I have to, like after this, I got to go to Union Square on my way to a comedy show. I got to go drop off a guy's dice. Oh and my god! So it's still it's like going on. Friendship. You're still doing it. Oh, so. I don't pretend to be in recovery. I at the end of the story, this is not a story where it ends with me like doing the work. Giving inspirational no. quotes at the end. You're not going to be giving no inspiration. No, this is like somewhere in between rounders and Mississippi grind. God, I don't know if you, you, you seek Mississippi grind. Yes, I did. Ryan Reynolds and, and, and Ben Mendelsohn. That's a terrible gambling movie. You can't have a gambling movie like that. I, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, cover your ears, fast forward 30 seconds. If you're still listening now, it's your fault. That movie ends with him winning. And uh, he wins that's a lot. That's not the true. Yeah. That's not you, a true I mean, scenario. Uh, well, here's the thing. Like, it is a possible true scenario. It's not like nobody ever wins like that. It's just like, that's not healthy for me to see. All the great gambling movies, they end either neutral. Either it was like they were down and they were working their way to even. Mm-hmm. Or they lose it all and they like have a come to Jesus moment. But like this was the first gambling movie I saw. It's like we're, we're, they're depicting a, an addiction. Ben Mendelsohn's character is terrible. He is off the rocks. He's rock bottom. Even when he hits rock bottom, you didn't think it could go lower than Ryan Reynolds comes into his life. That goddamn beautiful man ruins it even further. And, but then at the end, he wins. And I'm like, I know, you but you have to understand. But that's what society does. It glamorizes those scenarios, just like for me. And I talked about it recently is like the notebook is like the worst movie for sex and love addicts because it, mm-hmm. you know, the cheating she's doing the like, I'll kill myself if you don't go out with me. I'll 
drop off this Ferris wheel. And it's like, it's all a bunch of bullshit. That's not actually how it ends. Like those relationships end. So I get you. Yeah. Where you're like, ooh, I want that. I want someone <clears throat> to kill themselves for me. Ah. Well, when I saw Mississippi Grind, like I'm very cognizant of like my addiction. So like I'm watching that knowing that this is not a good, like I'm watching yes. it being like, yep, he's losing. He's losing. This is, this is correct. This is how it should go. There's this like, if you want a really good depiction of like the gambling addiction, there's this movie that does it's just, I've never seen anything so realistic. It's on Netflix. It's called Win It All. It stars, mm-hmm. I think his name's Jake Johnson, that dude from The New Guy. He's in mm-hmm. Tag. It's really good. And he played, like he, he tapped into a thing where I'm like, I have felt all these emotions that you are feeling in all these moments. And that was really true to form. I got, I'm getting goosebumps now remembering it. I'm scared to watch it again because it's just yeah. so, mm, it nails it. Um, it's weird having a struggle with like this where I'm also not like trying to fix it. Cause yeah. like, I, I don't think I can, I went eight months one time without yeah. gambling in college because I had a really bad night. I had a big loss. Mm-hmm. I probably lost like a thousand dollars, which when you're a college kid is a lot. Yes. Uh, but also I like became ugly. I snapped at a lady at the table who was like being upsetting. And you know, I mean, I was playing with adults. So like to them, all the, we were playing low stakes to them, hundred to $500 buy-in to me, that $200 was a fucking lot. And so yeah. I probably like did five rebuys or something like that. And, and so at one point someone, was, she was like, like, how much are you in for it? And I fucking snapped. Mm. Like, I mean, it's a little rude to ask the question, but like, I, I got like, I got like ugly and I didn't like what came out of me. And so I was like, pause. Went to a college professor. I like missed class the next day. I was so down. And then when I went to him, like after that, I was like, Hey man, this is why I missed class. He's like, look, I don't want to overstep. I taken this guy like multiple classes. So he knows me. And he gave me the the number of like a, of a friend of his, who's a psychoanalyst started Mm -hmm. seeing her. I went eight months without. Uh, part of that was because I didn't have enough money to gamble the way I enjoy to gamble. But also part of it was like, I wasn't buying dollar scratchies. I was like, I was really trying to stop. I, I hit, I made it eight months. That was the longest I've ever, ever gone. Um, and so what it, made you start again, again after that eight months? I, I, I got some money. <laughs> <laughs> like it's easy to not gamble if you don't have money with which to gamble. So you got money and then all that work that you did or that just being just went out the window. Again, it just will slowly like, look, you go up, you go down, but you mm-hmm. end down. I also have a hard time leaving like for a poker table. It's hard to leave because there's also like, again, it can be social, right? Mm-hmm. So you can go and you're making friends. You're cracking jokes. I'm getting attention. For, I grew up with like basically no friends. I got bullied real, real bad. So when I found myself in a space that was accepting me yeah. and enjoying my company and, and laughing at my jokes, whether that's in the comedy scene or in this scene or, you know, later in the dating scene, it's like, it feels warm. It feels nice. I'm like, oh, these people like me, even if they don't, I'm thinking they do. It, there's also a little bit of addiction to the, like, it was more fun to go to a poker club in the city than to a casino and, and play by myself for 15 hours straight. Uh, I mean, Jesus, my, I think my longest run on a casino floor was like 27 hours. Like I went 27 hours straight, no stopping. Unless, like, I mean, I would stop for like food or to take a piss, but like, I wasn't going to sleep the yeah. 27 hours straight on the floor. Um, wow. I was doing well in my defense, but I was doing well. I'm like, I can't, can't stop. But see, yeah, it's, I'm it's not tough. a gambler. So when I'm sitting here listening to you saying 27 hours and you're up, I'm like, walk away, take the money, walk away. I think <laughs> I did end up for that session. If I recall, I think I like, I don't think I left being like, what did I just do? But I've also had a lot of times where like, 
I spent seven hours somewhere and then I left down three grand and I'm like, what did I just do? And it's, uh, it, it's really tough and it's really dark. And again, because of, because of my work and because of being a comedian, I have a lot of material on gambling, but mm -hmm. in the real world, like right now what we're doing, mm -hmm. even though it's a podcast, this is uh, podcasting is more real to me. Yeah. I don't get to talk about it. And it, it's a little tough. It's weird. It's also weird to say, I know this is bad and I'm choosing not to stop. But I just think that's honest. I I love even when people are in their place of where they're numbing out or going to define community that might not be the healthiest or this activity that gets them high or, you know, that excitement that, that you're willing to say, I know it's bad, but I'm not I'm not stopping. Yeah, I can control it sometimes. But like, as you know, in any addiction, like you're not supposed to try to like control it in a certain way, but like, I'd always be like, well, okay, I'll be cognizant of like, well, why do I want to gamble? And if it's not a good reason, I won't gamble now, but if mm -hmm. it feels like natural, then I'll do it. But I, no matter what, it will always end up with, even if it's not that session, it will lead to a session that is really bad, not yeah. just for my personal health, not even just for my bank account, but for like my life. Like there's time that I don't get back. Something I'm realizing is like, I'm losing time and I don't you get that are. time back. And that's time that's not going towards my creative pursuits. That's time not going towards friendships. That's time not going going towards fucking yoga, right? It's just yeah, because you're it's time losing twenty seven hours, just like the right? the guy I talked to last week that lost fourteen hours playing a video game and not participating in life, or even what I used to do and being obsessed with this romantic person that was unavailable. I lost yeah. time. You are losing time. The amount of time you've spent scrolling someone's Instagram feed to be like. Okay, but like, is he back with her? You yeah, know, it's like. <laughs> well, luckily, so, in my like bottoming out days, there was no social media. I can't imagine if I was still an addict with social media, I would just probably lose my mind and not be on this planet. <laughs> to be honest, like, I can't imagine. But yeah. you're still in it, so I guess my last question for you is like, where are you now with it? Now that we had this conversation. Yeah. Well, so it's like I, I've. I've I've tried going to Gamblers. I've been to Gamblers Anonymous a few times. I think like three times I've been to Gamblers Anonymous over the last 10 years. I don't really like it because they say that to be a member, the first thing you have to do is have a desire to quit gambling. And I don't want to quit gambling. I, I just want to stop losing. Uh, like I, I, I joke that I think Gamblers Anonymous should be a weekly meeting where we come together and learn how to be better gamblers. That you know, like if this isn't heroin. We can it be better heroin, at this. Though. It's fucking math. It is. No, but heroin. like this is this is like heroin where we if we do the math right, uh, no. it can work out better. You know, like oh it's like let's God. all learn how to count cards and uh, you know. It, but it's, I've gone. It, it hasn't been my vibe. Partially, I don't know how it differ, it differs from AA. The way you can participate is a lot more limited if you're newer. Mm -hmm. So like unless you have an X, I think like X amount of months or a year, like you're just limited in participation, which. I don't like, I like talking. So like, let me talk. And if I can't talk, then I want to be here. So um, well, don't they so, so usually have newcomer shares? You just can't talk more than three minutes. You can share, but you can't do cross talk. You, whatever you can't do cross talk. Are, you can't talk about other people when you're in those meetings, especially yeah. with money, sex and food. You can't, you can't cross talk. Yeah, but I know I've been to like other types of meetings, like for a friend or I went to an Al-Anon thing once and it was like, mm -hmm. okay, like you could participate a little more. Mm -hmm. And so I, did, I just didn't like the vibe. Where am I at with it now? Um, I don't, I'm just like, you know what? I, when I do have the extra cash, I'm not 
first thinking about how I can gamble it. Okay. I'm in a more adult mode. So there's a little bit of a help where there's limited resource and the resources I do have, I have things I do want to do with them. So it's helpful to go into a casino. I won't go to a casino with less than a thousand dollars. Frankly, I'd, if I'm going to do gamble at a casino the way I, I like to do it, I prefer to have at least two grand. It, it's almost like it feels like not worth it because if I got to drive three hours and three hours back, I want to spend X amount of time and I'd like to at least make X amount of money if I win, um, if I win and I'm able to leave. So really the most gambling I end up doing is uh, is the backgammon mm -hmm. and the winter is helpful because it's fucking cold. So I can't go to Union Square and play there for eight hours. Like it's gotten better where I'm not going to freeze while I lose. If I'm going to lose, I'll be a little comfortable. And I've improved I want to get a suntan. If you're going to lose, I want a suntan while I do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so where am I at? It's, it's, I'm, it's, I am in maintenance and mm -hmm. like a low volume mode mm -hmm. and just doing my best to like get out of routines. So sometimes gambling can be part of a routine, yep. but if I can create other routines or a different subway route to the same place that bypasses union square, that's helpful. If I have other joys in my life, uh, whether that's a partner or practices, or I'm like doing a lot creatively, I've been freelance writing more. So like, that's helpful. Not only am I being creatively generative, but I'm also making money from that. I've been writing for Mashable recently. Uh, so stuff like that, just being generative at least helps with the maintenance where I, I don't have enough time mm -hmm. and I may have some money. And even when I gamble, I, 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 you know, it's some money, but it's usually I'm, I'm winning 50 bucks. I'm losing 50 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I win 200 bucks, but sometimes I lose 500, but it, it, I'm able to manage it a little easier. Uh, but the best thing so far has been just filling my schedule with generative stuff. And that's the best I can do for now. That makes you feel good and productive. Yeah. And, and, and the more, the better I feel and the more productive I am, the less desire I have to go spend eight hours in a park with some potentially homeless people playing back. <laughs> uh, if, if I can just, you know, folks check me out on socials. Uh, you know, I you search Billy Presida. I pop right up P R O C I D A. Uh, and I host a great show called the man horror podcast, uh, wherever you're listening to secret life, you can, you can find me there. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your secret. I'm so grateful to know you. This has been such a great episode. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's happy to be here. And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.